You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to the Break a Bat podcast where baseball meets Broadway, an attempt to show that my two favorite mediums don't have to live in such separate worlds and maybe even break some stigmas. We're happy to have you with us. Now let's play ball. Hello and welcome to Break a Bat. I'm your host, Al Malafronte, coming at you for the Broadway Podcast Network. Uh, tonight we're joined by someone whose career on stage and screen now spans nearly three decades. On television, he's earned two daytime Emmys for his work on As the World Turns. He's also appeared on Stranger Things, the first season of You on Netflix. And during this quarantine, he also popped up on Dash and Lily with our good friend of the show, Caitlin Carlson. Uh, here on Broadway, his credits span anything from uh, Smokey Joe's Cafe, How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying, Tuck Everlasting, and of course, Dear Evan Hansen, in which uh, he played Larry Murphy and taught us all the hard way but the right way to break in a glove. Uh, in addition to all that, he... This one's really cool because my special guest and I tonight, um, we both share a big love of not just the New York Yankees, but baseball in general. So we're so happy he could join us tonight. So with that being said, if you'll please turn your attention to home plate, just beyond the marquee, now batting Michael Park. Welcome to the show, Michael. Hey, Al. Thank you so much for having me, man. I, I'm, you know, this is an honor, I must say. I, what you know, number? I, what number do you think when, when you when you're gonna call my name? What number was the first number in your mind? Twenty five. You know why? Why? I think of that as a power hitters number. I think Tex. I think Barry Bonds. I think Giambi. Guys like that who could, you know, they could take advantage of that. You know, shri- short right field porch. You know, out in yeah, uh, Yankee yeah, Stadium. I appreciate, yeah, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I'm I'm fifty though, so that's that that's that porch is further away now. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I heard you killed it in the Broadway show league. Yeah, you know, we were... do. We 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 do what we can. It's you know, depends on how the back is feeling that day. You know what I mean? <laughs> we do. What we do what we can. I like to think I, I can still play with the twenty five year olds and get away with it. <laughs> you know, hey, listen, you're certainly in a much better place than our, our old buddy Robinson Cano. What do you think of that suspension? Oh boy, yeah. Hey, listen, hey, you're gonna you're gonna play. You're gonna pay. Is that that's what my mother always used to say. So he's he's getting what he kind of deserves. I think. So I agree with you. Would you would you put those steroid guys in the Hall of Fame? I mean, Robinson Cano is not exactly in the tier of like a Clemens or a Bonds or even an A-Rod, but you keep would you keep them in or uh, would I'm you sorry, keep them out? I still go back. Listen, I still go back to you you've set a precedent, right? With with Pete Rose. I'm sorry. Pete Rose should be in the Hall of Fame. He he screwed up. Yeah. The the Chicago Black Sox should be given what's happened in the last three years. Are you kidding me? With garbage can gate. Are you kidding me? Those guys. Alex Cora is the the manager of the uh, Red Sox again. Are you what? In what world are we living in? It's, I just think it's nuts. I don't think he should be allowed to play anymore, or, or allowed to manage in the in the game at all. If, if Pete Rose isn't allowed in the game anymore, and the Black Sox are still, you know, are still out, I think it's a joke. Yeah, I'm right there with you. The AJ me, I wouldn't put I wouldn't put any of them in. I hate to say it, and, and that it's tough because obviously I loved a Rod throughout his Yankee. T- well, no, I shouldn't say throughout his Yankee tenure for most of his Yankee tenure. And then he I did let me some not- jacking things though, man. He did some really crazy things, you know. Saying I got it. Well, when he's uh, when he was a shortstop, was he a shortstop or was he? A he was rounding. He was rounding second he was base. Round, right. Yeah, I just think you know it's just little little shady things he was doing. Yeah, it was hard to defend him. I'm just going to say it was hard to defend him. But I love him as a commentator. Let's be honest. As a commentator, he is aces. 
It's so entertaining. I actually think if he strayed from this like J-Lo shtick, he could be as big as Charles Barkley is in broadcasting because he knows so much about the damn sport. He shouldn't. He he was so good, like especially those first few years when he was yeah. on Fox and doing the World Series and whatnot. Agreed. Now all of a sudden, you know, it's he's living in the TikTok world and all that it, stuff, it, and he's changed it, a little bit. What else was there to do? Quite frankly, what else was there to do? You have a podcast. You can still have guests. You can still remotely do what you do. But what else was A-Rod going to do? Nothing was <laughs> happening. Hell, I even got it. Hey, listen, I went through the, the banana bread phase. I went through the sourdough frigging bread phase. I went through the TikTok phase. I had my, my daughter taped me doing something, and I think we got like 300,000 likes or something like that. And my friends were all calling me saying, you're famous. I said, I haven't done anything. What are you talking about? So, I mean, I went through all the phases, man. And, uh, yeah, I think that's one of them. So I can't really – I can't slight Alex for that. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, what's the weirdest thing you've done in quarantine so far? Oh, jeez. Oh, I, 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 I think the weirdest thing or the, the, the strangest thing is I actually started writing something that I kind of like. Like, I, I'm not a writer, you know? I'm not a writer. I, you know, I memorize what people write on paper. That's it. That's my job. I put a little emotion behind it, but I didn't fancy myself a writer ever. I still don't, but I'm dabbling and it's a lot of fun. Uh, but no, I, do, I don't think anyone, I don't think I've done anything crazy. I think for my son's graduation, my son graduated from uh, Northeastern, which has a fantastic uh, uh, hockey team, by the way. They're usually in the frozen four. Uh, we went, uh, we took a day trip. He had his, you know, he's got his buddies all hanging out in the fraternity and everything. And so we took a day trip and we did a kind of a graduation and I'm using air quotes and you can't see them on the podcast, a graduation party out on the street. We had cigars and everyone was in lawn chairs along the, the, the street. And this is when it, when it first hit back in May. And, uh, and so I think we were kind of doing something that was outside the box and outside our comfort zone. Uh, so that was the craziest thing I think we've done uh, is to celebrate that one moment. Well, congratulations. And I know, uh, you know, you were talking Thank about like, it's, a, it's like I got a $60,000 a year race. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Are you kidding me? What's going on in Lexington Avenue right now? Yeah, that's a, that's a rough one. I hope that didn't interfere with our audio, folks. Yeah, just just another night here in New York City during the quarantine, and uh, really really good for the podcast. So I appreciate all the folks at home bearing with us on that for the last few episodes since I moved back here. But uh, you know, I, <laughs> you mentioned where were you my, living? Where were you before this? Uh, I was in Long Island, actually. I was oh, I, so Long Island. Here we are back on the okay, Yeah, so uh, and you uh, yeah, and Aaron. My so production Aaron, assistant Aaron Connors is here, folks. My friend from <laughs> high school who's teamed up with the Breakabout Podcast. How are you, Aaron? Oh, I'm good. I'm I'm allowed some words here now, Al. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Doug's She's gonna here. defend. She's gonna defend. Each Long time Island, I get yeah. each time I get a few more words in. <laughs> good. Each time I come on. But Long so, Island's not that bad. I know it's not. I know it's not that bad. I think it's great if you work there and you live there and work there. If you live there and have to travel outside Long Island, it's got to be a pain. You know, you're 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 kind of uh, slave to the 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 train and or one route in and one route out because it's brutal. But I was working at Grumman Studios right when we were doing Peter Pan Live and Sound of Music Live, and I was driving from Nyack to. Uh, uh, to what Beth Page on a daily, and it was we're talking three hours in the car. I was ready to yeah. shoot myself, and I don't joke around about suicide, as we know, as uh, you know, the dear of Hanson world. If they're listening, you don't joke around about that. But seriously, if you're stuck in a car on Long Island and no one's going anywhere, yeah, no one's going anywhere. It's especially would, if it's like a Friday and it's summer and oh, it's camping time. We're talking. Two, we're talking four hours. Yeah, four hours. it's horrendous. No, I was going to say, even with the HOV lane, it's the same BS every time. It's you're not getting anywhere any faster. You're sitting there and it's like, yeah, you make these like playlists that you're all excited about. Like, this is going to be great for my half hour drive. And the next thing you know, you're playing the fifth song for the third time and you're not even halfway there. So that's like the HOV lane. My (laughs) father is, was a fantastic golfer and he had all these great sayings and uh he three putt something and the, it was like a three foot putt and it was a long hole anyway he was having a tough time on a hole and it lipped out <laughs> his thing was and furthermore 
fuck you. And that's basically what the HOV lane is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now so you I'm mentioned- sorry, I, I cursed. We can blank that. We can blank that. Out. No, you can curse. Go right ahead. Okay, great. Shit, sorry, fuck. Though. Say whatever the hell you want to say. And furthermore. Yeah. <laughs> now you mentioned your dad being a great golfer. Did you grow up uh, as a big sports guy more so than an actor? Were you an actor first, sports guy first? How did that uh, work out? You know, I was always doing my brother was the you know the 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 three letter baseball, basketball, and uh I think it was golf. We played golf. We weren't big football players because you know my, my parents were a little nervous about it getting hurt, especially me, because I would be concussed in seconds if I was given the given the chance. I'm I'm sure of it. But so I was doing the opposite stuff. I want to do everything my brother didn't do, with the exception of golf. So I played soccer. Oh, he played soccer too. I played soccer. I was a fullback in soccer. Loved it. Um, uh, and then uh, for the winter, I was a wrestler. I wrestled for like six years since the seventh grade, and then um, and then I played golf all that time too. So and I was I was doing all of that. But I played soccer just my last senior year and uh, senior year in high school, and I made the team. That's how bad we were. <laughs> Now you grew up in Rochester, and it's a long ways from Queens and the Bronx. You really could have picked either New York baseball team to root for. No one would have given you shit. How'd you fall in love with the Pinstripes? Well, uh, my father was a huge fan, right? Murderers Row. He's a huge Mickey Mantle fan. Mickey Mantle fan, and I to, to not follow. And quite frankly, WPIX Eleven was broadcast in uh, in Rochester in Canada. I'm actually from Canada, New York, which is one of the Finger Lakes. So it was, it was broadcast out of Rochester too, or broadcast to Rochester. And so we got to see every game. Mets were harder to watch, basically. That's where that, uh, what, why that happened. But we always followed the Yankees. And my father was, I remember sitting around and watching uh, Reggie Jackson hit those three home runs. I remember Thurman Munson and Fisk getting in a fight. I remember all of it. I remember the, uh, the George Brett uh, incident. I remember all of it like it was yesterday. And it all had to do with my dad. And my brother was usually in the next room or, or around. But my brother was a stats guy. And I remember one time we went to Boston and I thought, oh my God, we went to Boston and we watched the game. We were going on a family trip and uh, we watched the game. And that, that stadium was just magical. Fenway Park is just so incredibly beautiful. And I just, I loved it. I loved walking around it. Um, but uh, I, I remember buying a hat. My brother going, "How can you, you? You can't buy a hat. You can never wear the hat." What are you talking about? I was I was young. I was probably yeah, maybe maybe a sophomore in high school. But I loved it. I mean, I just loved that experience at Fenway Park. Um, and so I was almost swayed, uh, and I was you know hit hit upside the head figuratively and and probably literally at the time with my brother um, to to come back to the Yankee side. And, but, you know, Al, we had, you know, in Rochester and Canada, well, we had the, the Red Wings right there, the Rochester Red Wings, which was at the time the farm club for, um, for uh, the Orioles. And so when I say in a, in, a, in a musical and I say Brooks Robinson, it's really quite amazing because I met Brooks Robinson many times. He was at one time the manager of the Red Wings. So um, we, I remember always going to games with my grandfather and my father, always the Red Wings. And I was never Orioles fans. I always wondered what that Orioles link was in that whole scene for, you know, right before it to break and a glove comes on. Mm -hmm. I, and, and that's, that's amazing. So you really brought a part of yourself to that role and you did no, it. No, no, no. I didn't, I didn't do it. No, it was written that way. But every single time I had to say those lines, it was kind of great. It reminded me of my grandfather and my father. No, that was just to give you some kind of geographical location of where the, the play was taking place somewhere around or in Maryland. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, and I, I never knew that. That's absolutely incredible. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now, w- once you got to New York, I guess it was, you know, right as the Yankees were starting to get good again after a little drought in the mid-90s. Were you going to many games at uh, the house that Ruth built for those Tory teams in the late 90s? Okay, let me tell you something. So I remember coming home from... I remember coming home from... Uh, uh, Smokey Joe's Cafe, and then subsequently <laughs> playing hooky from As the World Turns. When I was on As the World Turns, I'd play hooky on some days or some nights. No, the one night I did play hooky was on it was uh, Smokey Joe's Cafe, and I ended up getting invited to one of the playoff games. And so I'm there, and we're right. I mean, it was there were awesome seats behind home plate, and at that time, you know, I mean, it was it, I, it was it was the house. The house that Ruth built. It was this. It was the palace. We called it the palace because it was so loud and it generated so much energy. Not like this uh, stadium they have now, which I have no qualms with. It's just like, you know, it's it's more like the Louvre than it is anything else. It's like a museum. Um, but I remember, <laughs> I remember, as everyone was kind of uh, filtering out, and um, and I had faked that I had vocal rest. And I needed vocal rest and stuff like that. I see our lead producer kind of walking up the stairs. <laughs> what was that? And me hiding behind somebody, some random person. And then, you know, it was freezing cold. Back then it was, I mean, it was brutal in October. Um, so, uh, yeah, I remember, I, I just remember that. And then later the next day being caught saying, so, Michael, how was the game last night? <laughs> <laughs> but you couldn't really be upset because as a Yankee fan and clearly uh, our company manager and our, our lead, one of our lead producers, big Yankee fans. So, you know, we had something in common. That was my first big Broadway show, Smokey Joe's Cafe. Yeah. And it's amazing. You've, you know, had quite the ledger since, obviously. And, uh, you know, I guess uh, it, one, one of the things that really put you on the map in the Broadway world was certainly uh, how to succeed in business. And uh, I know that uh, while you were there, you got to actually play on that Yankee Stadium field for the Broadway Show League. But uh, in the meantime, you also formed a pretty good friendship with Nick Jonas. And uh, listen, Michael, I know uh, you've got a few kids, you know, you have a couple of daughters. Rumor has it you do great work on the grill, but does that just like make you the coolest dad in the world with your daughters? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? I, I the, the, the precedent was set super, super early um, during How to Succeed, even before Nick had come on. Um, I remember just randomly saying, hey, Daniel, to Daniel Radcliffe, um, what are you doing for Thanksgiving? And I remember that first year, he goes, nothing. I said, well, you know, you're more than welcome to come to come to my house for Thanksgiving. And this is before, you know, Deathly Hallows Part 2 came out. So uh, <laughs> I, I didn't expect him to say yes. He said yes. Um, so he, he comes over and uh, with my buddy Mark Kudish and his wife. And we end up going outside and playing uh, two-hand touch with my son, who was, uh, I think, 13 or 13 or 14 at the time, maybe 12. So the, the, the ground was set for me being the rock star dad when, when Daniel came for Thanksgiving that year. You know I, what I mean? Harry Potter fan who used to wait online for like the books. That w- is so cool. Right? <laughs> I, I mean, who did I think I was? <laughs> Just casually. I mean, did any of your kids read Harry Potter? Were they into it? Was it oh, or was everyone, it lost on them? Everyone had. It wasn't complete. It wasn't lost at all. That's my son, awesome. My, my son was 13 and he's, like I said, he's kind of like a, a bit of a genius. And then there's uh, Kathleen who was 10 at the time, probably on the second book or third book. Um, and they'd seen all the movies up until, you know, Deathly Hollows part wow. two. And so sitting in my living room with him while one of the commercials comes on for Deathly Hollows part two. And we're like, um, yeah, that's, that's, Remember this one, kids. Yeah. That's never going to happen again. <laughs> <laughs> but Nick was the one, you know, I got to say, Nick was the one who really wanted to start the Broadway show league for, for how to succeed. And, um, and he is, Nick is really into baseball. Um, I thought for sure that he could have had a tryout maybe with the Dodgers or something like that. I, I, we went to batting practice a couple times. I didn't go with Nick, but I went with, uh, the Smokey Joe's crew when we were doing Broadway show league back then. And, uh, from Mets at Shea had batting practice. Art Howe actually pitched me batting practice. How cool is that? 
That's amazing. Uh, for, for a lot of uh, for a lot of our Broadway fans, if you've seen Moneyball, the manager of the Oakland A's was Art Howe. I'll just give everyone yeah. a tip there. But yes, he did have two years uh, managing the Mets as well for the folks. Yeah, and his wife was a, a huge As the World Turns fan, so I was kind of like, I was in there. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he would yeah. Throw, he'll, he'll pitch to you for hours at that on your ledger. That wow, it was a lot of fun. I remember him saying, there's one particular time, you know, again, I was, what, 35 or something like that, maybe 30 or something like that. And I, I, I had warning track power at the time, and I was putting them out there, and they were dropping at the warning track or whatever, and I hit a line drive, and he'd, he'd pitch one, and I just cracked it. I cracked it, but I caught it just a little bit, probably a little bit high on the barrel, and uh, so it floated. And it would have gone out. And I remember him looking and watching it drop. And he turns to me and he says, you want that one back, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah, damn. That was the closest I got. That was the closest I got. But we, we kind of transgressed there. So we re regressed there. So I want to go back to uh, Nick taking over the team and uh, with the wickets. Because uh, the worldwide wickets were part of how to succeed in business without really trying. Part of the plot. And he, he, you know, he was serious without being too serious. And the team was so great. And I remember it was my fault that we didn't go further in the playoffs because I had a runner on, <laughs> we had a runner on third game was tied bottom of the seventh or whatever runner on third game is tied one out. All I had to do, all I had to do was lift one in the left field in the right field anywhere. And I tried to lift one. Of course, when you lift it, Line drive, right to the third baseman. The the guy on third took off. So the line drive, third baseman catches it, steps on third, inning over. Oh, yeah, that was a heartbreaker. That was a bad beat. Was a bad beat. It was against Newsies. <laughs> I'll never forget it. Uh, who is pitching? Who is pitching? What's the, what's the famous dude from Newsies? Jeremy Jordan. Jeremy Jordan was pitching. He's a good pitcher. Freaking Jack, man. We, 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 we say we're not competitive, but we're competitive. Yeah. I'm super, I'm super competitive. You have to be, though. Look how far you've made it. You would not be in the situation that you're in right now. if you didn't I don't know what situation I'm in. I'm, I'm unemployed now. I'm unemployed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, you know, I go back to the, the whole competition thing is, you know, I'm a community theater kid. I didn't go to college for this thing. I got, I got lucky. I got, uh, I was very fortunate to, to hit it with some pretty uh, high-profile shows early in my career that led me to other ones. But you know, every time I walk in a room, there's a graduate from, from Juilliard. There's a graduate from University of Michigan. There's a graduate from um, uh, Carnegie Mellon. So yeah, of course, I'm, I'm as competitive as anybody else. Do you ever get intimidated in situations like that, having done this for as long as you have? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't, yeah, I, I do, of course. I don't like, no one likes auditioning, number one, first of all. Anyone says, oh, yeah, I love the process. That's great. <laughs> They're lying. They're liars. Um, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a very strange situation. And the goal is always to get on the other side of the table. But, uh, but uh, yeah, no, uh, it, when, when you're sitting there in the room with all these other people that you've auditioned with or against for the last two decades, um, it does get easier. Yeah, because the conversations are, are not about the business anymore. They're about, hey, how, how are your kids and stuff like that. So it's about there's a genuine love and care that we all have for each other and respect that we have for each other. Excuse me. So, no, there's not that. It's not as 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 uber competitive as it was when we first started i know whether or not i'm right for a role now and i know whether or not i'm pushing to be in the role uh and and i really you know in that case if you're going to do that if you're not if you're not like typecast perfectly for something um you got to work really hard you should be working really hard anyway uh, but uh to constantly hone your your quote unquote craft. But, um, but yeah, if you, if you are really pushing for something and you really want it, you better work really hard because there's three other people, four other people, five other people that want to, that want it just as bad as you do. And there's an old saying, right? If you're one in a million, there's like eight of you in New York. Yeah. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah, no, total so, sense. So, I mean, you, you can't, you just have to keep it going. You have to keep it working. I mean, what, what is it like for you? 
Well, for me, I mean, I wish that I was in a position where this podcast, for example, was my day job. However, I'm equally as passionate about this as I've been about anything. And I've been doing this for a little bit more than a year now. Um, you know, I, I don't necessarily, you know, sit here and have to think that I'm competing with, uh, you know, some of the best actors in the world of Minecraft. But, you know, you, cert- you know, a- a- you do a podcast for an hour. That's a valuable amount of time for someone. So, you know, to compete for listeners, you certainly right. always have to be true to yourself. Like you said, you know, if you said that, you know, that you're right for certain roles. I, I know the type of people that listen to break a bat. And I always have to make sure that, you know, I'm bringing the best of myself to those people and also trying to expand our audience in the process. So it's, you know, a constantly a learning experience and right, you know, right, right. I haven't been at it, you know, for 30 years in my craft, like you have, but you know, I hopefully one day I will, because I'm really passionate about this thing. That's good. And we, you know, we just have to, that's, that's the goal, isn't it? I mean, even Aaron can, can weigh on this too, because you know, it's a goal. Do, do, when you do what you love, seriously, and it's again, it's a cliche when you do what you love, it's not a, it's not a job. It's a, you know, you make it a, you make it a quest. you constantly try to make it better. Right. I mean, Aaron, where'd you go to college? Fairfield University. Oh, Connecticut. Fairfield. Yeah. 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 Hop, skip and a jump from you. Yeah. Not, not that bad. Uh, not that bad of a trip. Where about you, Al? I went to Sacred Heart University in uh, in Fairfield, but Aaron and I went to the same high school. Actually, we just went went to college up the block from each other. (laughs) Are you kidding me? You guys went to high school together too? Yeah, we did. Come on, were you friends in high school? Well, we actually like reconnected. This is a funny, like, and relevant story because I posted a picture after like running the tower to Tunnel Run, and I walked through the Broadway flea market. So I had posted a picture of like myself and Crystal and Lloyd. And I'm trying to think who else was in that picture. Will Roland was in that picture. Oh yeah, Will Roland. Yeah. So was, I went to the flea market and then got a picture with them and he he responded to my story and was like, Oh my God, like I didn't realize you were into Broadway. Um and so like from the minute we posted that I posted that photo, like we've been friends, like chat about Broadway. It's like a nice little side friendship that sparked from Dear Evan Hansen. That is amazing. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. You know, Will and I, Will's one of my my uh he's one of my pod you know <laughs> my, my, my pandemic pod he and Stephanie, oh, really? he and his fiance yeah will come up uh and we spent a lot of time together over the summer and we'd make f- we just get you know we're foodies so we get in there and we just get in the kitchen and we just make a bunch of food and will and i <clears throat> were inseparable when we were in washington dc before we made the broadway move and we would be out grilling almost every night and uh yeah the friendship and the love i have for that man is uh, and he's so freaking funny and so talented oh, i just like love him to death love him to death did you guys get into smoking or anything during quarantine like for smoking your turkeys or anything oh, like I that oh i thought you were saying smoking yeah every night i know i realized it came out the wrong way i was like you were talking about grilling and show, then... man because that's awesome oh my god <laughs> um, no, Aaron. Read your question. Aaron, I'm into gummies, Aaron. Oh, you must gosh. know. Smoking, I'm smoking turkeys or smoking maybe a turkey. chicken. <laughs> smoking. We did. I did. Because my wife finally, my wife finally, we're not talking about marijuana. My wife finally. <laughs> I need to uh, preface it by do you like to smoke your food? <laughs> for my, thank you. For my for my birthday and father's day, my wife bought me two grills. My birthday, she bought me a Weber just a kettle Weber. And then for my, for, oh no, I'm sorry. For Father's Day, she bought me a Weber. And then for, cause my, my old gas grill, uh, we have a natural gas hookup too, which is key guys. Um, if, uh, uh, and my old gas grill was kind of like on its way out. I mean, we'd have it for almost 15, 20 years. Um, so we, I got a new gas grill. And so, yes, yes, I had the Roland over and the Roland. we, uh, <laughs> the Roland's, and the Roland Wessel group over and we, uh, yeah, we smoked, um, we smoked some ham, I think. Was it a ham or was it a, uh, just, I, I was smoking everything. You know, when you, you know, when you get a brand new Weber, you just do everything smoked. I yeah. was smoke. I was smoking pizza. You know what I mean? <laughs> I was making pizza on there until my kids finally said, uh, dad, can we just have a regular burger, please? <laughs> it's like I completely tortured them. You know, I mean, it's really got good hooked on you. smoking, Michael. <laughs> there you go. I got hooked. I like can kind of relate because I've been in Long Island with my family, my parents, and my dad's really into smoking. Yeah. So, like, have you heard of Tony Crecheries? Ch- Crecheries? Yes. So they have an injectable marinade for their yes. when you smoke, and so if you inject that and then smoke it, 
Chef's kiss. Is that, is that right? Yeah, ten uh, out of ten. I have the uh, I have the 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 whatever the injector. I have yeah. the injector. I don't have, and I probably have a needle here someplace. <laughs> um, Very good. Uh, yeah. I recommend. Cool. We, you know, <laughs> I'm I'm a big I'm a big Cornell barbecue sauce guy. You know, New York State Fair Cornell barbecue sauce. You know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about the really simple uh, uh, red wine or red wine vinegar or cider vinegar and uh, vegetable oil base. Perfection. It's perfection. And you let it sit overnight. It's heaven. It I'll, give like you guys the de- I'll give you guys the deets later. Yeah, I think I need the deets. <laughs> you can look it up. Cornell barbecue sauce. Just look it up online. It's okay. super, super, super simple. If you subscribe to Break a Bat today, we will provide you <laughs> with the recipe, folks. So I- <laughs> <laughs> fact, my, my, my daughter, who, again, my, my, my uh, 16-year-old, who's been killing it this year in school, by the way. She really likes this remote learning thing. She came downstairs after, uh, you know, after a day. She had a day today. She had like two presentations she had to do, which is so weird, right, online. Um, <clears throat> and she goes, can you just make some fried chicken? And of course, I got to make the kernels recipe. So I'm looking for, you know, 17 different ingredients to put in this thing. And so the whole house smells like fried chicken. I should have smoked amazing. something. <laughs> yeah. The whole house smells like fried chicken could do a lot fried of work. Chicken. Oh, and I was remembering, actually, when I was cooking it, I was remembering we all had this big party with BJ Crosby when we were doing Smokey Joe's Cafe way back in the mid-90s, guys. And... uh and yeah, I remember her uh, frying this chicken. And every time I fry chicken, I remember her saying, you got to cook it low and slow, baby. You got to cook it low and slow. <laughs> <laughs> and it comes out so brilliant. It comes out so brilliant. So that's what we did. I don't know where I don't know where we were in this conversation and how I got on fried chicken. <laughs> <laughs> I asked you if you started smoking during quarantine. I was smoking during quarantine. <laughs> yes, on both counts. <laughs> With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It sounds like it's going to be a pretty epic holiday season at the Park family. Uh, oh, what, what are you going to do? Are you going to? Are you just going to have the immediate family? We're going all out. You know, you have all these new cooking skills now. I'd hate for them, you know, to go by the wayside. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I ever have ever made a turkey perfect yet. I don't think I have. So that still has to be that still has to be accomplished. But no, dude, it's nothing. Nothing's going to happen. My, my, my in-laws normally come up for Thanksgiving. They're staying home because of COVID and the, the rise that's happening right now, even in and around New York. Um, especially, Hey, we got a lot of deniers here in Rockland County. You know what I'm saying? Like wh- what? Yeah. New York, I hate to say it, it, New York city too. Time. It's the same thing. When I see people walking up and down the oh, street without no, the mask, I just, no I want to scream. Are you insane? Like, what is wrong with you? what's wrong with you? I was over at my neighbor's house today and she's like, Michael, you can take your mask off. I said, Gail, I'm not taking my mask off. She's she's like 82 years old. I said, I'm not taking my mask off. This is silliness. What what are you trying to prove? Um, I know you're awesome, but uh, I'm leaving my mask on. Um, My son is coming home from Boston. My daughters are going to be here and it's just the five of us. It's just going to be the five of us. And then we'll probably go to a neighbor's house that we've been, again, potting with using air quotes that you can't see, um, <laughs> potting with um, for dessert. But, you know, it's a small turkey we're having. And uh, it's probably best this way. My son's going to be coming home on Monday and he'll hang out with his buddies and he can work remotely. He's uh, 
he works for RSM. He's an accountant and risk manager for, for RSM. So, yeah. So that's what I'm doing. And then the holidays for Christmas, I that's really fakakt, right? So we got to go upstairs. You got to oh, go upstairs. I got to go upstate <laughs> to my mother's place in Canandaigua and hope that um, uh, we had a family tragedy around Christmas a couple of years ago. And so everything is really was messed up already from that. And now, uh, and now with, with COVID and everything, who the heck knows what's going to happen? Excuse me. And then we travel to my wife's place, my wife's parents' place in, uh, Clinton, New York, where Hamilton College is, and just, you know, next door to Colgate. Yeah. My well, sister you, went to Colgate. That place is like, it's like Boston, Univ it's like a Boston College in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, it, you know there's I mean? nothing in the town. It's just the school. Nothing. <laughs> and, but it's gorgeous. Yeah. It's and they've got beautiful. a crazy endowment, right? <laughs> I mean, it's insane. Yeah. It's the thing I loved about Boston, right, is that that when, when Christopher went to school at Northeastern, they have this co-ed program. And, um, you know, basically they set you up for summer internships or, or internships that take place over a semester of schooling. And so it's really kind of cool. So you end up leaving school with hopefully with an offer or two or three or in a job. So he was kind of set up there. So he's an accountant. Did he have to do like a fifth year or anything or he was fine? After no, four? He, well, it was five. It was five years because of the co-op program. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. You know That's what I mean? Cool. And yeah. he doesn't have a CPA yet, but through this gig there, you know, he's, he's getting it. So it's kind of great. That was a why. tough process CPA. Yeah. 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 Well, he's like, uh, please, he still plays Dungeons and Dragons. He's a nerd. He's going to be fine. It's called balance. Yeah, this, it, that was definite balance. <laughs> I have him writing with me too, which is great. That, you know, talk about it. Can, can, baseball was our, you know, it was great. In, in, before ba breaking a glove, before the show, actually, I had pictures of my my now deceased father, and you know, because I had problems with I, who doesn't have problems with their dads. I mean, it, 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 there was a little bit of static in every father son relationship. I want I want to think, you know, I I want to think that for myself. But so um, I, I use that as kind of inspiration, and then I have a picture of my son in his catcher's gear because he was a he's a ridiculous catcher, he's all star catcher for in little league and throughout <clears throat> his his short-lived baseball career um but i was also a coach which i do not recommend wait what, what grade coaching. were you coaching them in though because you have to deal with the parents but how old were the kids uh, the, uh, I, the, the, uh, christopher i started coaching him when he was around eight nine ten eleven twelve i was always involved i was definitely involved with the all-star team and i was involved with um i was involved with uh most of his his uh his major call it major league team when he went from from 10 to 12 you know what i mean in the in the majors here that's like the williamsport night. wheelhouse too so that's like yeah. that's when it, everyone gets really really into it sure so it's really you know and it did get a little crazy and 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 things were um things are were great i would say for him because he was one of the best catchers in that in the in the league i think you know my constant attempting to work with him on drills <laughs> and never him never being you know enough of a catcher kind of got to us together um you know what i mean got got under his skin that i he thought that i never thought he was that uh was was good enough and that just wasn't the case and i understand the um I understand that misconception and i understand the the misunderstanding and i and i'm knowing that now phew, looking back it could have easily backed off and it would have been just the same. But, you know, a catcher in, in Little League at that level is like a goalie in soccer, right? No one ever really praises the, the, the catcher. The catcher makes one or two mistakes, though. It's like, oh, come on, pass balls, come on. You know what I mean? They hi they're highlighted. Their mistakes are highlighted because they touch the ball every game, every single pitch. Um, but the pitchers always get the glory because the pitchers are in the, you know, those heated situations all the time. It's so and funny. It, no, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, you go ahead, Michael. I think it burned him that he never got a, a, a game ball from the head coach. He got he got one. Yeah. All right, <laughs> I said he got one. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Parks weighing in. It's funny that yeah. you mentioned that that father son dynamic with the catching thing. Because did you read Jorge Posada's book by any chance? 
I did not. He talked about something very similar with that because his father was a scout for the Toronto Blue Jays. And, you know, he wanted to make his son really, really good. And Posada actually came up to the in the minor leagues as a second baseman. But like growing up as a kid and wanting to become a, a catcher and whatnot, he used to clash with his father a lot. And what do they say about catchers? Smartest guy on the field. Um, and it led to a lot of ego clashing because, you know, you, 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 you as the player think that you're you know, that you know more than the coach, in which case was his father. And uh, yeah. Yeah, that next, next thing you know, he's playing second base in the minors and then they switch him back. Well, no, switch him back to catcher. We can't, we can't see because we can't see where the pitch is coming in either. So it's like, Christopher, are you framing this thing? Where are you sitting? Are you making adjustments? He's like, he, he just look at me and go, yes. <laughs> and then ah, leave me alone. He just, leave me alone, please. I'm like, okay, okay, good. I'd always get that. And he was right. You know, he's right. He, he saw the field brilliantly. Um, and, you know, he was, he was really, he was really, really good at it. And he had a, a friend who was constantly in competition with him, which kind of got under his skin, but made him also a little bit better too. Um, yeah. So I had, I've got a picture of him in my room and I had a picture of my father and, and I would always use that for inspiration and, and the mistakes I made as a dad and the mistakes I, I you know, and the mistakes my father made and or something that affected me as a son. So it was it was easier to to get into those shoes a little bit because Larry Murphy is um you know he's fallible he's responsible he's um he's he's somewhat guilty uh but at the same time um is very regretful and understands his his mistakes and you know Christopher and I have a fantastic relationship now we just don't talk about baseball baseball. <laughs> Michael, did you say that you guys are writing together oh sorry al yeah i asked him to help me write this actually it's a show about baseball so uh, he, i asked him to, i asked him to help me write it and uh with my buddy and it's um and it's well we we haven't really the phone calls have just happened in the last week so and he says he's really excited about it and i am too and we've been going back and forth and so hopefully we lead to another chapter in our in our lives as husband i'm a husband it's father and son. <laughs> Is it too premature to talk about some plot points? Because I'm really intrigued. I mean, we potentially have a great baseball. No, it's, way, it's way too early because we don't even know what's happening. We haven't even, you know, because my buddy, one of my other buddies, um, James Vanderbeek and I were talking. Jo totally dropped that name, by the way. <laughs> he totally did, but it's great. Go ahead. I know he wrote, he was in the middle of writing and, and he always constantly goes back to this baseball movie and this baseball. So I've been calling him and checking in with him, asking, you know, picking his brain because the dude is a fantastic writer. He wrote, you know, what would Diplo do? And he starred in it. He's, he's also writing right now something for uh, Universal and, and I'm sorry, um, uh, what is it? Peacock. And he's writing like two or three other things. So he's, he's constantly writing this guy. And so I want to pick his brain. And you know, the, of course the questions he's asking me, <laughs> so I'm telling him where are they here? We're going to get Please. some behind the scenes info here, folks. Oh no, 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 no. Did I, did I put him down? Oh yeah, here it is. It's just, I mean, talk about writing one-on-one, right? What's before writing one-on-one? He, he's like, so what dude, the questions you got to ask yourself, what is the tone of the piece? You know, what, <laughs> what is the world in which you're living in? You know, what is, uh, why do we want to watch this? <laughs> and I couldn't tell if that was a question of dude, don't pursue this anymore. Or dude, if you, as soon as you unlock this one question, everything else falls in place, in which case it really did. So I'm glad we had that conversation. And uh, he's kind of a, he's been my, you know, he's been my younger brother for years, but now he's becoming my sage in a way. That's amazing. And, uh, you know, I just want to touch on something uh, before we do fastball derby in a bit, you know, going back to uh, Larry Murphy for a second. And listen, you're a pretty down to earth guy, but how much did life change? for you once Dear Evan Hansen came about? Um, <clears throat> it changed in a way that, you know, um, I, I don't know how to answer that really. Um, I don't think anything really changed. I think, you know, with How to Succeed and everything like that and being in these high profile shows for, you know, for that, that year, because right after that I did um, Cat in a Hot Tin Roof with Scarlett Johansson. So being jumping from How to Succeed to that and, and befriending uh, Nick 
and uh, us golfing together and him taking, you know, him taking me on trips to go golf in tournaments and stuff like that. These celebrity tournaments and stuff like that. I mean, doing that kind of stuff and then uh, having the, the, uh, the, the closed uh, screenings with Scarlett and some of her movies or something like that. And then going to Dear Evan Hansen and just knowing that this show was reaching, this show reached so many more people than anything else we'd done. And so I wasn't ready for all of all of that to actually come to fruition and be and be real because we'd worked together so hard on this, you know, from day one, from the first table read. We'd worked so hard on this. And so by the time we got to the Broadway stage, it was like, you know, this is just another day. <laughs> we still have to tell this story and we still have to go through this journey. And so I don't think, you know, anybody's britches got too big. You know what I mean? And then the changes that were made with every uh, Evan that came in, they were monumental at times. You know, um, we had a 16 year old come in and he was fantastic. Andrew, uh, Andrew came in um, to, to do it, but he was 16. And he's just his first Broadway show it was Evan Hansen. Are you kidding me? <laughs> this crazy show, this super popular show. And he's super popular too. Now, I mean, he's, gonna he's gonna be amazing uh, he already is but um you know that the, the show changed because it was a real live 16 year old playing the role as opposed to a you know 26 year old playing this role um who had explored all of those we had three years to explore all of those emotions and all of those uh, uh turns and um events in the show and here the 16 year old is coming in only you know having it for a month and he's, you know, we've, we've all got to pitch in and we've all got to, you know, get get the story right. And it was so much fun to figure that out. It was so much fun to figure that out. So in my head, I don't think anything different was happening because stage dooring was a thing, right? You go out of the stage door and, um, you know, there, were, there was a crowd there. And I loved playing that role of an actor i loved doing that i love connecting because you know it gives them the chance to see you know me the actor having a good day as opposed to larry murphy sulking around the stage for two and a half hours you know what i mean so yeah. it was um i really enjoyed that i really enjoyed all of it and um and and i and i realized how how uh, fickle this business is and how these kind of shows these type of shows these like blockbuster shows don't come around every year. But think about it. How awesome was Broadway in that swing of time with Hamilton and then, I mean, Come From Away and Dear Evan Hansen? Come From Away is a fantastic show. What a hit. Those guys only, you know, it's a 90-minute show and they're out the door. We were so jealous. We were across at the Schoenfeld. We were looking at the Schoenfeld, watching them, you know, pack up for the night and we haven't even started, we haven't even started the glove. I haven't sung the glove song yet. They're done yet. <laughs> done. Honestly, that was, it's, it really was such a special period. That's actually right when I moved to Manhattan, right in 2017 there. And it was, uh, it's so special to think about. Now I, I do have to ask, what do you, how do you think it's going to work as a movie? I have no clue. I know that Larry is now a stepfather and he's, he doesn't have a song. I don't know. I don't know what that means. I don't know what it means. Um, I think it's going to be great. I'm glad that Colton Ryan um, is playing Connor. I love that kid. He was uh, Evan's understudy for a while, and he's blowing up right now. Um, really enjoy him, um, and he's super funny. He actually looks Colton Ryan. Do you know who Colton Ryan is? Do you guys know him? Yeah. He looks like my son. He and Christopher oh. stand side by side, same height. Colton's got a killer friggin' mop of hair though <laughs> but they look exactly alike and it was amazing in fact you know colton he knows this too is that breaking a glove was really special with colton ryan because you know colton lost his dad when he was 10 and so every time he had those those the lines at the end of the show um the lines at the end of that scene it was it really rang true and boy did it hurt me and uh you know we we wept together many times on stage, honestly, weeping together on stage, and 
yeah, it was, it was something else. I really enjoyed working with him. Yeah. I can't believe they cut the Larry Murphy song, especially I mean, for hey. our baseball audience of all the songs that they're going to cut. Sorry guys. I, I didn't even know this till you just mentioned that. So hey, listen, I've been told it's a skip song. All right. There's no <laughs> song on the album people skip. You know, I gotta say though, out of context, it's a tough, it, you know, it's, it doesn't, it, out of context. It's yeah. I can understand that. I don't, I don't hate on that at all. Um, I love that song. I remember discovering what that song meant and how I wanted to do it when I was in the shower before the presentation of the second reading. I remember it was like, it was yesterday. I just, it unlocked for me how I was going to go about uh, navigating the map of that song. So, yeah. Best ideas come in the shower. They really do. <laughs> it's scary. I agree. This morning, I I jumped out of the shower. I did my routine. I got that and I got done with my note. I wrote like seven pages. Wow. Everything hits me in the shower, man. I should take more showers. <laughs> moral of the story. That's the moral of the story. Oh, my goodness. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Michael, honestly, what you've accomplished in your career is absolutely incredible. But that's uh, you. It's, it's about to get a little tough, though. I hate to tell you this. I want you to envision yourself in the ninth inning. There's two oh. outs. All right, you're kind of now all of a sudden we're putting you back on the field uh, against Jeremy Jordan. But uh, let's say Aroldis Chapman's on the mound throwing 105. Oh, I would not <laughs> want to go up against that. <laughs> so basically, what we're going to do now is uh, we're going to ask you a few questions. Uh, you're going to think of the first thing that comes to your mind, maybe even tell some stories if you'd like it. You know, let the audience so <laughs> It's going to be so base. We were at that place. I'm so stoked. Uh, now, Aaron, um, let's just say, let's say uh, you're my catcher here. We're going to alternate questions. You have your uh, your questions pulled up from the second email that I sent you. <laughs> Two emails. Oh yeah, I think so. Yeah. I do. <laughs> All right. So let's see. I will. Uh, you know what? I'll lead this one off, and uh, we'll alternate. And uh, yeah, let's see if you could bring home that winning run, Michael. Favorite New York City meal. Uh, uh, pizza at Thousand Carmen's. <laughs> Beach vacation or ski vacation? Oh, ski vacation all day. America's band, Eagles or the Beach Boys? <laughs> Eagles. You have to win Game Seven of the World Series. Who are you giving the ball to start the game? Uh, you're giving it to. Well, you're not giving it to Hap. You're giving it to Cole. Team Jeter or Team A Rod? Cheater. <laughs> <laughs> How is that a question? How is that? Who? Who? I want to know. I want the names of the people who pick a rock. <laughs> Please come on. I'll look into it for you. I'm the production assistant. <laughs> um, favorite holiday film? Uh, Christmas Vacation. Mm. Good choice. It's a wonderful oh, God, life so for many. Me no, Dumb and Dumber right too. There. I mean, you've got so many holiday films. You've got, oh my gosh, holiday, my number one film of all time is It's a Wonderful Life. So, but I don't see that as a, yes, it's a holiday film, but it's also a fantastic film. It's a Wonderful Life is my number one. But, you know, Home Alone is fantastic too. <laughs> <laughs> and so is Christmas Vacation. Oh, and we like, uh, hey, what's that movie we like on Netflix? Noel? Ah, uh, Noel. Yeah, that's a cute movie. Is that the one with Anna Kendrick? Yes. Oh, yeah. That's a, good, uh, that that's a super good cute movie. And that is a fan. Yeah, I love it. We probably watched that like three times last year. Love that. You can have dinner with any three baseball players in history. Who would you choose? Well, you, I, oh, this is con controversial because it's going to be Babe Ruth for sure. Um, and ah, I really want to get in Ty Cobb's head. I do. He was such an asshole, but I really want to. Oh, that would be great. It'd be great. And Thurman Munson. But I don't know about that. You know, if you go in, if you go in Ty Cobb, you can't go. No, forget Ty Cobb. I'm going to go with <laughs> going with uh, Lou Gehrig. I'm going with 
Thurman Munson, and I'm going with uh, uh, Babe Ruth. You mentioned a couple of uh, – actually, all three at one point were Yankee captains. We're kind of apropos, right? Did some people ever call you the captain after uh, you on Netflix? <laughs> yes. My friends still do. We're in a, pod, we're in a, a podcast. We're in a, we're in a, uh, uh, a text chain where this one dude says, you're the captain. <laughs> Great choices. That was a good time. You know, that shot in Nyack, so it was right down the street from me. My call time was 5 o'clock in the morning, and I just, you know, could drive down. It was five minutes from my house, so it was great. Yeah, it's not well, like you I, had to go to Long Island for the shoot. <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't. But I would again. I would again, though, Aaron. I would. <laughs> I'd go to Long Island again. Sure, sure, just, sure. I would just want to be helicoptered out. That's all. That's I all. mean, they have helicopters these days, right? Sh- yeah. I do that. <laughs> Just an arm and a leg, you know? I'm not that big of a guy, a guy yet. So we'll <laughs> uh, all right, up next. Actor or actress you learned from the most? Say it again. Actor or actress you learned the most from? Oh, wow. There's so many. There's Kieran Hines. There's there's Benjamin Hendrickson, who was on As the World Turns for years and years. He played Hal Munson. He played... Um, he was my. He was the uh, the chief of detectives in the police force, and he. I remember he gave me this one piece of advice, and I was. I had amnesia. My my storyline was an amnesia storyline, a la um, uh, the Matt Damon films, Born Identity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I was doing the storyline based on Born Identity, and I was like, dude, I don't know how to play. How do you play amnesia? I was going over and over everything with him. We were going through the scripts and everything, and he just says, "Stop. Wait. Time out, Michael." What are you nervous about? Just make every choice logical. And I went, like a light bulb went off. Like, no kidding. Make every choice logical. That just made, just make every choice logical. And that is something I think of every single time I'm reading a script, is that piece of advice from Benjamin Hendrickson. So I love it. Um, And my friend, Martha Byrne, who was also on the same show, it's like, you know, it it doesn't cost anything to be nice, Michael. Costs nothing to be nice. All you gotta do is be nice in this business and you'll see how far you get. And you know, and it's smart, it's something I tell people all the time. So uh, Martha Byrne gave me a bunch of advice. But Kieran Hines kind of again lit a fire under my ass when we were doing Cat in a Hot Tin Roof. Um, and just everything, you know, but my buddies Christian Borle and, and Jennifer Laura Thompson, these people are just so funny. Michael McGraw, I just love them so much. And and I learned every I, I learned so much from them just watching them work. Uh Christian Borle, Christian Borle has no fear at all. He's got no fear. And uh, you know, he, and he's such a professional. On and off, he's a professional. He's just good at what he does. And he's a great guy. So yeah. I'm happy to have these people. I'm very fortunate to have these people in my life. Aaron, make um, make uh, you t- you take uh, question nine. I'm going to make ten the last one for this. Okay. I'm um, talking too much. Is that it? No, 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 no. You touched on basically what my last question was going to oh, be. All right. So cool. Oh, nice! Wow, double whammy. Um, all right. So, but wait a minute. The- does that mean I got? Wait a minute. Hold time out. That was a home run with a runner on second. Then. Absolutely. <laughs> we love a good baseball reference here on Baker Bot. <laughs> um, all right. So let's see. Most embarrassing on stage moment. God, there have been so many. How do you pick? So many of them. Ah. Uh. Nothing nothing crazy embarrassing. I would say, you know, when you forget your words to the glove song and you've done it a thousand times, that's pretty embarrassing. That's really embarrassing. And that just shows you how your, the brain is it works sometimes, right? It's like, I know this. I play this. I had to go over the, the lyrics of that song before I went on stage every night. <laughs> I did. I talked to myself in the corner every night. And I'd still screwed up the words. And there's nothing like flop sweat. There's no flop sweat doesn't happen like that in real life, where you're on stage and you know that moment that you screwed up in your head three times is coming up, and you still don't know the the key word to it. <laughs> and so you make up a word, a new word in a song that everyone knows. And the people who sit in the first three rows are the people who've seen it seventeen thousand times already, and they look up and go, oh, and they, you know. It's like they got an Easter egg. 
you know, in that in that night's show. And then at the you know stage door, they'll remind you that you said blah 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 during breaking the glove. And I, yep, you got me. And so every knowing that we had such diehard fans and how beautiful they were too. It was so fantastic. They're so great, our fans. Um, and the and to screw up a line for them was kind of a gift. So that is not embarrassing. Um, fall okay. So I'm doing Little Me, and I'm playing um, I'm playing Lucky Malone. I'm doing a strip tease. So went back in my dancing days, Aaron. You would love it. <laughs> um, so I'm doing a strip tease for Faith Prince, uh, and it's a solo. Rob Rob Marshall choreograph this too i was lucky enough to be choreographed by rob marshall brilliant beautiful rob marshall and i'm dancing i'm doing my thing and there's big huge like turns i don't even know what the dance terminology is for it but i'm doing these turn 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 i trip and i fall i'm half half naked as it is and i fall across and i skid across the stage i just start skidding and then not a second later, I'm up and I'm doing, I'm finishing the routine, blah. At the end of the show, it was another high profile show because Martin Short was in it. Kevin Costner is at the show. No, was it Kevin Costner or is it Dennis Quaid? It was Dennis Quaid, who's a pretty imposing dude, by the way, Dennis Quaid. I remember him coming up and saying, looking me in the eyes, he goes, yeah, shaking my hand. That was brave. <laughs> And I'm like, yeah, it was, man. That was brave. That was the most embarrassing moment of all time on stage. Me falling ass over tea kettle, half naked on stage when I was supposed to be sexy. Oh, hilarious. Oh, my God. Now, uh, this is what we're going to do for the uh, last one tonight. Proudest moment of your career. You know, there... There again, every single time I, I made my mother proud of me, or I made my dad proud, or I made I put a tear in their eye. That was the proudest moment in my life. I mean, every single time. And then proudest moment in my career. I, I um, having a jury of my peers award me uh, uh, an Emmy award. Um, the last year that as the world turns kind of shut its doors we closed our doors in in june in like two weeks we flew to las vegas to have the emmys and uh daytime emmys i i really don't clarify the daytime just so you know daytime emmys um and then winning and then my co-star winning as well uh that was a very very proud moment and my wife beside me and we had such a great it was what a night that was what a beautiful beautiful night that was and um and, uh, you know, just I, I again, I, I think that's the proudest moment of my life. But every single time I open a show, it's a pretty proud moment. It's a pretty, you know, we did it. We deserve, we deserve to to exhale after the, the, the struggle and the creative blocks and the pain of the last or the elation of the last, you know, two or three months that we had been working on a show and then to come, uh, to have it come to fruition is a is a is a blessing. It's you know we're all very fortunate to be doing what we do, and I can't wait until we get to do it again. Please, please wear your fucking masks. Seriously, it's not that hard to fucking ask. I swore twice. It's all wear your mask. Aaron's Why putting hers on. Where's my Yankee mask here? I, I am all in favor on on that what one. What is your problem? <laughs> Dude, it doesn't. What are you doing? It, how does it's not it infringe on your rights? Seriously. So yeah. just do it. God, do it so we can all get back to what we love to do. And not just us, everybody. Everybody. You guys are bitching and complaining. People who bitch and complain about Thanksgiving and Christmas. Well, dudes, if you'd worn your fucking masks, we'd be, all, we'd be able to do it. Yeah. Mask up, curtain up. Simple as that, folks. And, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, you talk about being fortunate. We're so fortunate that there's folks in the Broadway community like you, Michael. And I can't oh, thank you enough for joining sweet. us tonight. This was epic. I really appreciate it, guys, for you to invite me. I'm, I'm, I'm humbled. I'm humbled knowing the guests that you have. You guys are rock stars. <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm the rock star. I'm here for moral support. <laughs> this was an absolute honor folks that'll close out the ball game here on break a bat this is al malafronte signing off for the broadway podcast network 
We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Break a Bat. This is produced by the fine folks at the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit and subscribe at bpn.fm slash breakabat. You can find me online at break underscore a underscore bat underscore podcast. And you can also find the Broadway Podcast Network on Instagram at Broadway Podcast Network. It's been so great having you here with us today, and we'll see you next time. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network.